0: cigar talk the fastest growing cigar show in the nation whether you're a new cigar enthusiast or a cigar aficionado we have something for everyone bringing you the best interviews cigar reviews and weekly giveaways so grab yourself a cigar
1: it's time to light them up
0: Hey guys, welcome back to Cigar Talk. I'm your host, Rob Jones. This week we have a great show up for you. We're going to start out with Bill Bender. You know him as the Whiskey Guy. He has his own show coming out later this summer called Bender Stag. He tours around the country checking out distilleries, smokes a lot of cigars, can't wait to get some of his pairings. And as always, we'll hear from some of our listeners. Then we'll hear from Doc Collins. He's a vet Patriot and an author and he smokes a lot of good cigars drinks a lot of good whiskey so we'll get some pairings from him as well and then we'll name our cigar of the week and this week we're going to do something a little bit different on the giveaway we're going to ask a question at the end of the show and the first one to email us the correct answer will be this week's winner email us you'll go to our web page click on the contact link and send us an email and whoever gets the right answer to us first will be this week's winner so stay tuned Here comes Bill. All right, for our first guest, we have Bill Bender. How's it going today? What's up, man? How you doing? Oh, man, we're doing good. I'm sitting back here smoking a cigar from Remember Cuba Cigars out of uh, Florida. I don't know if you ever heard of them, but, man, they make some fantastic cigars. Do
2: they? I've never heard of them. i gotta got to check them out.
0: Yeah, it's a real small boutique uh, cigar company, and I just got a shipment in today. Man, I love their cigars. We smoked them a couple of weeks ago, so I'll tell you how good they are. I bought 140 of them.
2: You bought 140 of them. Well, they must be pretty damn good,
0: huh? Heck yeah, man. I had to put my uh, extra humidor back into functionality because I didn't have room for that many cigars in my number one humidor. So Those are,
2: That's that's exciting times, man. When you oh. always put a second humidor to play, you know it's business.
0: Oh, man. And my, my backup humidor is like, I'm guessing about six feet tall, and it holds probably about, I'm guessing, oh. 300 cigars, 400 cigars. Love it, so, love it. It's great. You know, if you're if you're going to be smoking cigars, you got to make sure you never run out.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's that's when when hell freezes over. That's when I run
0: out. Exactly. So, oh well, man, we really appreciate you being on the show, man. We love what you're doing. Uh, we see you on Instagram. I subscribe to your YouTube channel. Uh, we see you touring all over the country. Tell us about what you're doing as far as the uh, distillery uh, tour show. It's
2: called Bender Stash. It's my last name stash my stash of whiskey and and uh uh, my girlfriend is actually uh when we met she's a writer director producer she was out of la for a long time uh she's originally from florida that's where we met you know she's like you should have your own whiskey call your own whiskey show you know you're 38 years old you're working 90 hours a week you know because i was in the hospitality industry and i said no 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 that's just ridiculous that's not gonna work and then for four months she she literally just blasted it you know you know, in my mind, in my head, I'm finally, I was like, okay, fine. We shot a pilot and, you know, it's, it, we got investments, investors and, and, uh, you know, it took a year and, uh, we traveled for 10 weeks, uh, I think, uh, 15 states, wow. 30 to 30, 30 to 33, uh, distilleries, a couple bars, a couple speakeasies in there, kind of like an Anthony Bourdain, but of whiskey, you know, it's, it's not like, it's not like a diner's dives and drive-ins or whatever the hell that's called. You know where it's all you know cookie cutter. This is more like the the more intimate one on one conversations and and just getting drunk and and you know being normal, not scripted. Right. You know this is this is all pretty much unscripted the whole first season. So so we shot the first season. Uh, it went off without a hitch, and and uh, we just finished editing, and and you know now it's the part where. You hurry up and wait with, with the agents and the lawyers and, and the, the, all that stuff with the contract. So I can't really say anything about any of that stuff. But, uh, and then, it, you know, it's, we, we, we should, were our targets to air uh, uh, spring, summertime of 2019. And then we'll be off in August shooting season two.
0: Oh, nice. So do you have any, uh, I don't know if you can talk about this, but do you have any list of uh, distilleries you plan hitting up for season two yet? Season two. We'll be in, let's see, we'll be in
2: New York, we'll be in Arkansas, we'll be in Texas, we'll be in Nevada, we'll be in Michigan, Missouri, uh, Iowa. Nice. We're gonna we're gonna be in a we're gonna be all over the country again, like we were. Of course, we're gonna go back to Kentucky because you always gotta be in Kentucky
0: if you're doing um, whiskey. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely, Tennessee. Uh, we're gonna go out to the west coast again. Back to California. We were in California before. It was pretty awesome. Those guys out there are great. They do great things. Well,
0: hey, man, since you said you're going to be in Arkansas, I got to tell you, if you head over to Little Rock, you got to check out the West End Cigar uh, Lounge. Man, those guys, they have a great lounge over there, great cigars. But the the best part about it is they've got great guys that run the place. You know what I mean?
2: Well, that's all that matters, you know.
0: Absolutely.
2: You can have the best place in the world, you know, if you have a bunch of snooty, uh, you know, stuck up you know know it all you know arrogant bastards you know that 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 run places which I've been to, right? You know, they kind of look down at you. You know, it turns you off. You know, that's not that's not hospitality. No, you
0: know, and, and you were, and you were in the hospitality business, so you know what you're looking for.
2: Well, you know, yeah, that has something to do with it. But I'm also, you know, I'm an Italian from Central Jersey. You know, I got a little five foot mother, <laughs> Italian mother that that I'm scared to death of. Still to this day, I'm a foot and a half taller than her. And she scares the hell out of me. Right. Well, you know, treat people how you want to be treated, and and uh, you know, that's that's basically how I've lived my life, and and you know, that's that's uh, that's how we. Do the show and, and
0: uh, you know it should be good well i've been telling tons of people about it we can't wait until it comes out i'm excited to see it so i also noticed that on your instagram account you're always doing a ton of pairings with cigars and whiskey and that's one of the things i wanted to reach out and find out what you were smoking these days
2: well, since I I hurt myself yesterday, we went over that story. But you know, I hurt myself yesterday, and so I'm I'm actually drinking the most <laughs> potent stuff that I have in my cabinet right now, which is the George T. Stagg Antique Series uh, from Buffalo Trace, and it's a 2016 release. Oh wow! And it's a it's 144.1 proof bourbon. Wow! You're never an expert when you first start stuff. And I've been drinking whiskey forever, and I've been smoking cigars for a better part of 15 years. Um, so, you know, when you first start, you know, you try this and you pair that and palates change, your body change every seven years. So what could taste great seven years ago could be, you know, not that good now. Well, and also
0: I think that once you start, like for me, when I started smoking cigars, I'll tell you, I smoked a lot of trash. And at the time... I thought they were pretty good, but then because you didn't know anything, right? Else. And then when you start stepping up a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, and you start learning, you're like, I would never go back and smoke some of those cigars. Exactly,
2: exactly. But you know, you wouldn't be where you are now if you didn't smoke them when you first started. So I've done, I did it too. But uh, so for for this one, for the George C. Stag, which is so high proof, and and uh, you know, I did my testing over the years, and and uh, you know, you can't do a really heavy cigar, dark cigar. With a light whiskey or vice versa, with the with a really potent whiskey and the heavy, you know, and the light cigar because they kind of one kind of cancels each other out, and so you kind of just want to get as close to flavor profiles as possible. But when you're drinking 144 proof whiskey, you know you kind of have limited options. But the Andalusian Bull, the angel Andalusian Bull, is probably one of my favorite cigars, and it's got this rich, chocolatey, peppery spice to it that. Pretty much goes well with any bourbon, single malt, any Irish whiskey you have. I mean, you you could smoke that with a with a Wild Turkey bottle and bond or one on one, or you could drink it with what I'm drinking now, or even with uh, my favorite pairing with that cigar would be uh, the Mickers Toasted Barrel Rye because it's like the campfire with marshmallows and it's nostalgic. You know, you you, you have a flashback of when you're a kid camping in the woods right you're like oh my god and then you know it's 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 it's, it's
0: great it's good stuff well, i would love any of those whiskeys or cigars that kind of have that nostalgia feeling to it. it just kind of gives you that relaxing feeling while you're enjoying them you know what i mean
2: exactly exactly so, and
0: I, and we talked earlier today and you know i have a couple of andalusia bulls that I've, I've never actually smoked one but i was talking to a buddy of mine and he basically gave me the same profile you just said the peppery with the chocolate the smooth the leather and so i'm really looking forward to it and a buddy of mine is coming over later and he has an andalusia bull so we're going to both fire one of those bad boys up
2: Yes, man. Just let me, let me know. As soon as you light it up, let me know what you think about it. That's pretty much my flavor profile. You know, these days, uh, I don't really go too, too light with cigars because of smoking air. And plus, I, I drink so much high-proof stuff that I don't want to say my taste buds are shot, but they're just acclimated to
0: Oh, I know. Such, I know exactly what yeah. you mean. And, you know, I I had to actually step back from the real heavy profile cigars so that I Mm -hmm. could adjust my palate to enjoy the lighter cigars since I'm doing a cigar show I wanted to be able to talk about all different cigars but that was me too I used to smoke just the strongest most complex strong profiles there were and since then I've kind of backed off but I'll tell you one of the cigars and I don't know if you've had this one but I was going to throw it up at you have you ever had the LFD chapter two
2: uh, I don't know. I might've, I might. Have. I can't remember right now I'm off the top of my it's,
0: head. It's, uh, actually it's got a red band, but it's a beautiful cigar. I mean, it's like a, a beautiful wet leather look. I mean, it's so oily when you feel it, it feels like velvet. I mean, it's amazing cigar. And the cool thing about it is it's one of those, uh, red peppery, Uh, profiles and you know you don't get you get a lot of like dark pepper or black pepper or white pepper but the red pepper is kind of rare so it's kind of something different for you
2: gotta love it i love it It sounds like i gotta go get one yeah
0: if you can find one let me know i might have to send you some money so you can send me a couple
2: you know what my uh my cigar shop here in south florida they they, they're pretty good with stuff like that they got everything so uh, that's
0: cool man yeah it's nice to have a shop where you can find whatever you're looking for
2: up, totally stumbled upon it one day. I was like, what's this place? And I walked in and and it was like, you know, you hear the, the, the golden harps and, and the, the the galleon horns. And all the, and the doves like, fly I'm out here. the door. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right. Well, right. here. I made
0: it. <laughs> well it's it's great to have a go to shop, man. I uh, have one here in Abilene, Texas, The Leaf. And if anybody has a chance to go by there, I mean, you remember the old sitcom cheers. It's it's that home feeling that everybody knows everybody and you just Oh, that's great. You walk in and it's just home. It's your home away from home. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, mine's uh, it's called Smoke In. Uh, they have a couple different sites, but uh, the one on uh, the one in Boynton Beach, Florida, uh, that's that's probably the best one, probably the best cigar shop that I've ever been in. But you know, again, I haven't been all of them, so I don't know.
0: So many shops, so many cigars, so little time. Yeah. You told me about you had an accident playing golf. A lot of people might not know, but uh, you actually was you were on the pro tour at one time.
2: I turned pro in two thousand seven. Uh, I played a played a couple years you know doing the qualifiers for honda classic played on the mini tour yeah i'm prone to prone to injury and and a couple times that i hurt myself i just it never really recovered so it gets to a point where you know you go out and you shoot a great number and then you're like oh i'm gonna win some money today and then you know 259s and and uh 360s and 462s come in and and you don't make a dime and you're kind of like okay i gotta take a step back and reassess what's going on here because i can't be wasting my time
0: it was a great experience for you
2: absolutely it was great wouldn't it it was my dream man i you know my dream was to to move to florida become a professional golfer i I won one tournament you know the the short career that i had and uh you know I, i met my goal yeah, you know, I wasn't on the PGA Tour, you know, rubbing elbows with Tiger Woods or anything, but, right. you know, that, that would be an ultimate you know, I'm pretty happy with, uh, you know, with golf. It's
0: just something I love doing. And because of your love of golf, it gave you the opportunity to work at some great country clubs, uh, and that kind of got you into the hospitality business full-time, and then you were telling me that you were doing uh, consultation work for other clubs and other bars for whiskey libraries. Is that right?
2: I was designing designing uh bars and bar programs and you know whiskey programs uh and consulting for new places and places that were already already open Uh, that's pretty much what i did because you know golf is during the day and and bartending was at night and you know my family was in the hospitality industry before i was even born you know in the 60s and the 70s and and uh i just kind of i was born into it you know and uh it's i kind of just took it took it real easy uh when i got into it but uh yeah, just a good experience. It's 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 relations, you know. It's knowing how to read people and and uh, you know and knowing what they need. The, yeah, being a complete gentleman. You know what I mean? Absolutely, you know, just, man. I, you learn to get when you're angry and somebody's like really being that guy, that extra extra nice. Oh, you absolutely! Know?
0: It's like they say, kill them with kindness. So that golf experience turned into the uh, bar management experience has basically led you where you are now, uh, doing something that you love and something that you really never even thought about.
2: Yeah, when I uh, when before we started filming for the actual TV show, you know, I never I was never on it, you know, in front of a camera before from New Jersey. And when I get drunk, I sound like I'm from New Jersey with (laughs) the
0: accent.
2: Emily, my girlfriend, she said, you know, we got to get your camera ready. You know, we got to get your 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 uh, vocabulary and, and your uh, your speech. Right. So you're comfortable behind a bar talking. You're comfortable on a golf course talking. So why don't we do whiskey reviews on a golf course? And I was like, you know what? That's a great idea. So we went out and that's where we started doing whiskey reviews. And, and uh, we had some cigar pairings, too. Uh, that, those are, that's the stuff that's on the YouTube channel. And, uh, you know, I felt comfortable on the golf course talking, you know, a lot of people golf and a lot of people drink whiskey and smoke cigars while they're playing golf. So, you know, you couldn't go wrong with that combo. Yeah. It's
0: a match made in heaven for you.
2: Exactly. Exactly.
0: I don't know what schedule next year, but when you come down to Texas, man, we definitely got to get together and enjoy some of your favorite whiskeys and I'll bring some of your favorite cigars.
2: That would be Awesome. I'd be, I'd be excited to do that.
0: Well, you let me know when you're coming to Texas, and we'll definitely get together.
2: Oh, I'll definitely let you know. So,
0: what you have anything coming up over the next few weeks? I know you're kind of like on your vacation time. So, I mean, other than re- recovering from your ankle injury.
2: Yeah, uh, we, have a, we just have a bunch of meetings and, and conference calls. You know, nothing too, you know, flinishing. I might be in Kentucky uh, or Tennessee uh, within the next couple months. Um, I actually want to pick a barrel. Uh, I'm gonna do a barrel pick of whiskey uh, for the show. It'll be a Binder stash barrel pick. Oh, nice! Probably about 100, 170, 180 bottles. You know, nothing crazy, but uh, that's something that's that it's gonna be a really big thing. So I'm just sitting and waiting
0: just hanging out. Hey, man. Well, let me tell you, I, I think what you're doing is super cool. And I, I love the fact that you've had a good amount of success and that you're still this everyday average Joe. You know, you, you know, a lot of people, it goes to their head and they kind of start, you know, thinking they're somebody cool. And you are cool, but you're not a jerk about it. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I'm humble, man. I'm, I'll always be humble. I know where I came from. And, uh, you know, the
0: family and, and the values and, and
2: the everything that... That my parents taught me you know growing up and you know, and uh no matter what happens i'm always going to be the same guy because there's a lot besides
0: of that your mom won't let you get to be a big headed jerk <laughs> oh
2: she'll, she'll give me the big italian backhand right. i can, can't stand it yeah that that thing is that it's dangerous
0: <laughs> well that's great you're home for valentine's where's your girlfriend at man
2: she's downstairs watching uh despicable me with her with uh oh awesome
0: <laughs> it's a great show
2: yeah. yeah it's
0: awesome well all right man well hey dude we appreciate you being on the show and uh i can't wait to see your show come out this summer and uh if you ever need anything from us, man, we'll be here for you.
2: And and vice versa, man. If you ever need anything from me, please don't have to
0: call. All right, man. Take care of yourself. I hope you heal up soon, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, brother. Thank you
2: very much, man. Thanks for having
0: me. Hey, guys. This is the part of the show where we reach out to listeners. Uh, We call them up, find out what they're smoking, find out about their lounge, and then uh, just see what's going on in their world. Uh, We appreciate all the support, and if you'd like to be on the show, go to our website, click on the contact page or the registration page and send us an email or register and we'll see about having you on the show find out what's going on with you guys all right we're talking to uh one of our listeners we appreciate his support so much he's always uh telling us about what he liked on the show and gives us ideas for future shows and we talked to him about the cigar lounge he's in as you can hear he's in a cigar lounge now he's told me he's had a good time there so uh Ansomolo, how are you man
3: good rob everything's going good and yourself
0: uh we're having a good time here at the uh uh, cigar shed here on my backyard Doing the show tonight And we wanted to give you a call And just tell you that we appreciate your support And find out what you're smoking tonight, man
3: Obsidian Robusto
0: Oh, uh, that's a good smoke It's uh, definitely not for the faint of heart As I told you once before
3: Yeah, it's good, man I, it, I tried it like about a year ago And I fell in love with it, you
0: know Yeah, it's, a, it's full blown When they say uh, full body I think it's full body and then some
3: yeah, and you know what? It's a smooth smoke. That's the great thing about it.
0: Yeah, and they're really nice construction, and uh, they smoke real smooth. I, I really enjoyed it. I haven't had one probably in about three or four months, but I've I've smoked a lot of those.
3: And, you know, I, I'm, I'm one of those guys that I, I I rarely get to taste the cigar, you know, for what it is. And this is one of the few that I could say. When I smoke it, it just... It's just fantastic, you know.
0: Very nice. Well, uh, h- how long you been smoking cigars, brother?
3: Wow! Before I got married, which was over thirty years ago, wow. I used to smoke. I used to smoke, and then I stopped. And then I started again about three years ago.
0: Oh, great, man! So you've seen a big difference in the cigar scenes in the break. Oh, that you yeah, took for sure, huh? Yeah,
3: yeah, definitely. You know, you know, after smoking like a few of the premiums, I've like narrowed it down to like maybe four or five that I really like. And uh, but I'm always up. I'm always open to trying something new. You know. Yeah. That's why I love your. That's why I love your Instagram page because anyone who wants to start smoking all they have to do is look at your page man <laughs> you could just close your eyes and just point to whichever one
0: you know well i appreciate that i do uh i try to get around the line of cigars and i i mean really i just like to try just about everything so uh i enjoy finding that new cigar that i haven't tried before that i really enjoy
3: well that's the fun of it you know
0: absolutely yeah, that's,
3: man that, that's what makes cigar smoking so great that you know there's never that one but there's so many, you know, and, and each day it's like more and more, and, and you're wondering where they're all coming from, and it's like an end of this world, you know, which is great.
0: Oh, yeah, and I'll tell you, even at my home shop, our home shop uh, humidor is pretty good size. I'd probably say there's around 250 to 300. Fifty different facings and so i go in there and i you know you tend to go to what you already know that you like but then sometimes i would just walk around aimlessly looking at the different cigars reading about them and go you know what i'm gonna try this one today so it's one of the fun things about smoking cigars there's always one around the corner that you haven't had yet i'll
3: go into a place like matt sherman just go into one of these lounges and if i see something you know, I'll just try it out. That's what happened with the uh, San Latano Maduro.
0: Oh, yeah. Good smoke. I
3: just saw it. I just saw it because I'd seen it many a time. And I said, you know what? I have to try this. And it's a great smoke.
0: Yeah, they make a great smoke. So have you been to the uh, Nat Sherman there in New York?
3: Yeah, I've been to the Nat Sherman. I go a lot to the uh, Carnegie Club. I don't know if you've ever heard of it.
0: No, I haven't.
3: The Carnegie Club is like one of the oldest... Uh, entertainment slash cigar lounges in the the city. I think they're basically the only one that probably has a a liquor license and a cigar cigar smoking license. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's like a big tourist attraction there, you know, and and every Friday, a lot of the guys that I know, we go there also, and uh, you know, we'll hit the cigar inns like this place first, and then we'll go there after, because we also have friends over there. And nice you're bumping you'll bump into many people there in the entertainment world sometimes in the sports world uh and you know the great thing about the cigar world there's no status
0: yeah exactly
3: it, it, it's like a brotherhood yeah man yeah it, well I, yeah i love it it is
0: it is a brotherhood and that's one of the things yeah. i love about it and i think that's what draws in a lot of people but
3: well, we were talking about that today i was talking with this lady today the average smoker here and she said you know the great thing about cigar smoking is that there's no there's no status everybody just enjoys the company you get to meet people every single time I mean I've met more people smoking cigars at any other time in my lifetime
0: yeah you you know I'm with you and I think that uh, when you want to meet great people you want to go to the cigar shops because it's like great just good-hearted people are at the cigar shops
3: Oh, yeah, man. I mean, I've had some of the most interesting conversations. One of the guys that smokes with us uh, was the main trumpet player in the Prince's band.
0: Oh, wow.
3: Yeah, and he, he, whenever he could, he would come and hang out with us. Uh, former boxing great, Ronaldo Snipes, who's a friend of mine, he smokes with us, too. He's part of our group. Uh, and we have a lot of guys, man. I mean, forget it yeah it's endless. it's endless you
0: know well it's funny that you said that you uh met the trumpet player from prince because we were actually in the cigar shop a couple of days ago and we were talking about some of the greatest guitar players of all time and how that prince is usually overlooked and he was one of the great guitar players of his time
3: Oh, this guy played, I think, what, 20 instruments or more? Yeah. You, you know the dedication and woodshedding you got to do to be like that? Oh, man. Uh, that's what makes a great musician like him, you know?
0: Hey, they paid their dues.
3: Yeah. Uh, my father was a country guitarist.
0: He no loved kidding. country
3: music. Yeah. He was, uh, he was from the hills in Puerto Rico, and my father was self-taught. And at a very young age, he used to run around the uh, countryside with the father of uh, country music in Puerto Rico. So I grew up listening to music and uh, I got to hear the greats. My father's favorite guitar player was Chet Atkins.
0: Oh, very good, yeah. Love Chet Atkins. And
3: and Roy Clark, you
0: know. Oh yeah, he just passed away, man, so yeah. Yeah, I know, great loss. I got to go see Roy Clark's ranch up in North uh, East Oklahoma probably about 15 years ago and I will tell you what it was something to see yeah but uh you know, cu- country
3: they, music country music is like family you know
0: well that's it, it definitely it definitely does bring people together and especially for me the older country music you know
3: yeah of course I'm I an old it.
0: guy so
3: well you know we we grew up when the music was great
0: exactly you know, I, I, mean, I try not we're, to we're, offend any of the young guys by talking about nah. how great the music was back in the day, but I mean, back in the day, people were actually musicians. You know what I mean?
3: Oh, of course. You know, it was all life experience.
0: Oh, absolutely.
3: You know, and uh, you know Willie Nelson, man. I mean, I can't say enough about this guy.
0: Oh yeah, this Willie's great, and my favorite what? of all time in the country music industry was Merle Haggard.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah, that was a great loss too,
0: there. You know? Oh, yeah. But, you know, my my taste is all over the place because my other favorite band is, I always tell people, it's from Merle Haggard all the way to Pink Floyd.
3: Yeah, we used to have a, a place called the Lone Star Cafe here back in the day. And I used to live there a lot on Thursday nights because all the great country bands would come there,
0: you know? Oh, that's and, awesome. Uh, You've probably seen a lot yeah. of great ones, huh?
3: Oh yeah, uh, Sleep at the Wheel used to constantly come into town and play there. Wow! And that was all, and that was always a treat. Uh, Marshall Tucker was supposed to had come one time, and uh, I had to work that night, so I never, I never made it, you know.
0: Hey, so uh, what kind of work do you do?
3: I work with an insurance company right now. I was doing paralegal work prior to that, but uh, I had lost my job, and then this came up, and it's worked out really good, you know.
0: Awesome and man.
3: Yeah, and I do screenwriting as a hobby on the side.
0: Oh, very nice. So,
3: yeah, yeah. So, and then you know, the cigar smoking and hanging out with good people.
0: Yeah. Hey, man, it's great to follow your passion.
3: Yeah, you know, and I and I'm and I'm so happy that I got into Instagram because you know I never would have met you, and it's been a pleasure meeting you, man. Oh well, I've hey,
0: been- man, it goes both ways. I, I it's a pleasure meeting to you and talking to you uh, ever so often. So I just appreciate you and your support, man.
3: Yeah, I feel like I've known you, you know, for a long time. Uh, You come across as a really down-to-earth guy.
0: Hey, that's what the Brotherhood of Cigars is all about, brother.
3: That's right. That's right, you know. And like I said, you're the first Texan friend that i've ever had so. all
0: right well if you ever get down to if you ever get a chance to come down to texas let me know i'll take you for a cigar but i definitely plan on coming up to your area and uh, I've, I've met a lot of people from up that direction and all of them have just been really super nice people so i can't wait to make that trip oh
3: man same here you know i you'll love new york and uh, there's there's plenty of cigar bars trust me
0: well, it sounds like heaven to me. Well, hey, man, I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us, and uh, I hope you have a great night and smoke some great cigars, man.
3: Rob, thank you, man. It's been a pleasure, man. And to all the brothers and sisters of the leaf, enjoy every day that you smoke,
0: man. Hey, we sure will, Anselbo. Thank you so much, man.
3: All right, brother. Take care.
0: Take care, man. Alright guys, welcome back to Cigar Talk. I'm your host Rob Jones and today we have a special guest. This guy is a patriot, he's a vet, he's an author and he rock and rolls with cigars and whiskey. Welcome to the show Doc Collins. How you doing tonight Doc?
1: Thank you so much for having me, brother. I really appreciate the time.
0: Oh man, we love having you on the show. It's been a long time coming and uh, we just appreciate you taking the time out for us. And, uh, I know a lot of guys on Instagram follow you and they know what you're doing and much respect. And so, uh, tell us about your, uh, bestseller book that you've uh, recently written. And I know it's uh, part of a series. Why don't you give us a little overview of what you got going on there?
1: Uh, well, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, the, the appreciation for my services, uh, also appreciated. I was glad to be able to serve. Uh, I was a, a medic in the Army for six years, kind of late to the party, but never without a drink in hand. Uh, showed up and turned uh, 30 at basic and uh, was able to serve stateside. Did not have any combat deployments, so I want to kind of put that out there first. Um, discovered at 34 that after uh, almost two careers of bodybuilding and Uh, being a television professional wrestler for a few years before I went into the Army, um, that I was a writer, that I was more brains than brawn. I was actually able to write and create that way rather than just work on uh, the physicality alone. So 1,300 hours came to me in that season of transition as I was uh, preparing to exit service in the Army. And uh, I've written three books completely
0: wow, from start great, to finish. Man. Congratulations so, on that. That's a big challenge.
1: It, it was, especially when, uh, you were just, I was just getting started realizing, oh, this is what I'm doing. Oh, I'm not writing one book. I'm writing th- five books in this specific series. And, uh, my systems have gotten better. So the first one took about 18 months to write. The second one took about 10. And then the third took about, uh, uh, four to six. Um, so I'm I'm writing faster, but I'm I'm more efficient with how I'm putting things together, and and now I've got uh, a body of work being assembled we'll say
0: that yeah that's great and when you start out at first you know it takes a while to put together your processes and the steps that you take and once you get into rhythm I mean figure out those processes I mean it's no different than any other business so I mean hats off to you you've done a wonderful job I see uh I see everybody raving about you on uh, Instagram and tell everybody what your Instagram uh, username is
1: uh, they can find me on Instagram. My handle is at Patriot heart media, all spelled out Patriot H E A R T media. So but that's just one channel that they can find me. in. I mean, I'm on Facebook, uh, just doc Collins, um, on Twitter at real doc Collins. And then, uh, the website itself is Patriot heart press. That's the, that's hq for me
0: okay cool man so when you decided to go into the military how what age were you at that time uh 29 29 and so so what what made you go at 29 decide you know what i'm gonna go serve the country
1: well you hit the nail on the head really it was um uh, eight years about five of those i was able to uh carve out part of a living with sponsor support and that sort of thing Uh, getting paid to actually compete in bodybuilding and use sports supplements not a bad gig Um, but it was also in the middle of a transition from bodybuilding to television professional wrestling that my younger brother uh, five years my junior served in the marine corps He went right out of high school. He graduated on a Saturday and was on the bus on Sunday.
0: Wow. Um,
1: So he went from, I like to say, he was a 177 pound Cheeto eating code red (laughs) drinking video game playing boy to 155 pound 26 inch waist hard Marine.
0: Nice. Went from a a video game transition. Yeah. He went from a video gaming boy to a Marine man. Yeah. That's true. Well, that's awesome.
1: And uh, when he went in he did one tour had a had a a rough go i mean the hand that was dealt to him and his time in service was uh, much more hardcore than mine that's right. for sure and so when he got out rather than actually talking to anybody or um, taking advantage of those uh, post deployment uh classes and, and <laughs> sessions like that uh, he just kept it and so Somewhere, somehow I got it in my head that if I put on the uniform and kind of earned that spot, earned that respect as a peer in that regard, that maybe he would share. And uh, on a long gamble, it worked.
0: Oh, that's awesome, man. That's a great story. So you joined at 29, and uh, tell me about when you started smoking cigars.
1: Uh, you know, one of the big things in El Paso, I was uh, stationed in 4-6 Infantry out of Fort Bliss, and... Uh, they love to do field exercises. So we would often go to red sands or white sands or middle of a sandbox somewhere, uh, here to train. And that could be anywhere from a long weekend, 11 days, 20 days, 28 days. Maybe they like to cap us off before they had to pay us a uh, family separation pay at a month. Right. Government knows what it's doing. Uh, when it comes to that holding, but holding dollars. Um, but yeah, we were out in the field and, uh, I definitely wouldn't, I wasn't one of the guys that was going to smoke cigarettes. Um, uh, being a medic, I needed to be somewhat of an example, but uh, some of the senior NCOs and officers would uh, let doc kind of hang with them a bit. And uh, they were enjoying various degrees and qualities of cigars. And, and I, and I guess I got a little a sampling oh, nice. while I was in. And then, uh, When I got out, I took a job uh, writing as a staff writer with Coastal Palette, Coastal Lifestyle, and uh, Gulf Coast Bride magazine between Mobile and Destin, uh, immediately post-service. And that was where I was at when I got exposed to the most um, diverse cigars. And that's where I figured out that I like Cuba. I like those uh, those medium to heavier smokes. But again, I like to punch instead of chop. A lot of guys just... You know, hacking her cigars up and getting a huge draw, and I'm like, well, I don't want the, the flavor to be masked by the heavy, heavy, heavy smoke, so right. Uh, I just take my time with that, and I learned along the way uh, by being a being a, a writer that was invited to to review different uh, whiskey and wine bars and, and things like that. So,
0: oh, that's uh, awesome, wait. man.
1: I'd wake up to text messages from the publisher saying you got a wine tasting at four thirty at this place, then you got to shoot over to this place, and you got a a spirit sampling over here, and don't be late. I need six hundred words
0: by midnight. Wow. Okay. Okay. So you just go do what you got to do, brother. What are you smoking these days? Because I saw some pictures of you on Instagram the other day, and it it looks like you're smoking a log. It's a huge cigar. Yep,
1: those are the uh, Asylum Thirteens. Um, they are, let's see I'll reach into my humidor here. Let's see where I got. Yes. The Asylum 13, uh, 80 by six. Wow. So
0: 80 yeah. by six, that's a huge cigar.
1: It's heavy. Um, I've been enjoying the, uh, CAO flathead seven seventies
0: those are good smokes i, I haven't those had this, i haven't had the asylum but the uh, 770 and actually i usually smoke the 660 if i have those uh mm-hmm. that 770 is a little bit big for me but the 660 is definitely been one of the cigars i enjoy from time to time another one i'm on is a black
1: label trading company they have those last rights the last it's a dark it's a dark dark wrapper um that's a that's a good taste.
0: So I've been hearing a lot uh, about their cigars. I haven't had the privilege of smoking any of them yet, but they are definitely on everybody's pages and just I've heard a lot about them. So I have been on the lookout. I just haven't found them yet.
1: Yeah. When when you do, you'll, you'll take your time with it and you'll probably get, you want to grab a couple.
0: I usually always grab at least two of everything.
1: I like your style.
0: I went by the shop uh, yesterday and picked up a couple of uh, Andalusian Bulls from LFD. And I've never had one, but I've been seeing them everywhere, the hypes about them. So I wanted to check those out. And a good buddy of mine over in Arkansas, a Viking, was telling me about what a great smoke it was. And he was exactly right. It wasn't like real bold and overpowering, but it had some very nice complex flavors like uh, red pepper, some dark chocolate, some leather, some earth. Anyway, it was a real good smoke. I was impressed with it. I'm, I'm, in fact, I'm uh, actually, I just finished it up right now
1: outstanding so i like that you have a viking in, the, in the arkansas
0: oh man he's he's a great dude if you've seen him you'd know why they call him viking he's got this big beard and he's always got a cigar in his hand so it, it definitely fits him
1: i know the type
0: yeah he's a he's a real good dude uh so tell us about what you got coming up for uh your book
1: uh well i've just been in the process of booking live uh, speaking speaking events and signings so I've I've long appreciated uh the time and what it takes to complete a project let alone go through the arduous process of editing and then actually publishing the project um so I've attended every book uh meet the author event at the local uh college Barnes and Noble or the bookstores in the area just to shake their hand and ask them you know tips insider you know, perspective, that kind of thing. And now I'm going to have the opportunity to be on the other side of the table and shake hands with people that have read my book or or avid readers in the genres that I'm writing. Um, today I went live and got to share that a major publishing house reached out to me um, requesting a submission. Uh, oh, that doesn't man. happen.
0: Yeah, um, that's fantastic. And i tell you what, I don't know, I, uh, I did catch you on your live read today. I and mean, You did a fantastic job, by the way.
1: Well, I appreciate that. You know, I, through the, the hack that I learned before it was published, I decided I was going to read a chapter live on Facebook live every week for a while to gain context of what the audience was responding to. And one of the big things that they said was, Hey, when the audio version uh, comes around, you got to do the reading. Nobody else can read this for you. This is your story. It needs to be told in your voice.
0: Yeah, and you know, whenever we first met uh, a couple of months ago, after hearing you on a live video, I reached out and was like, man, you got to start doing a podcast. You got that golden pipe voice. You need to be doing something where people can hear it. We'll get there. We'll get there. There you go. So you've got the book 1300 out, correct?
1: Roger. It's been out uh, since 9 December. Uh, it's hit a few uh, bestseller lists within the Amazon and AuthorHouse um, framework and uh, sold out of the first run sent to Amazon. So that's always a good sign. Yeah, and I think we're over over a dozen five-star reviews now. The big, I guess, work now with the marketing is uh, simply reaching out to the veteran and mill spouse community, first responder community, and connecting with book bloggers, people that write about what it is that they're reading or specifically in the PTS management space, people that are new to being partnered with somebody that's going to deploy or has deployed or is deployed, and then just offering them a free copy, a free e-copy of the book so that they can consume it and go, hey, this either has value, adds value to to my life specifically, and I would love to share it with my audience and maybe even leave a review. So I am steady in the in the inboxes of uh, our nation's heroes. Uh, not just, and not just American, not just stateside, but all those that support freedom. I've got a, I've got a fantastic following in, in the UK and, and in England and, uh, little hotspots, Glasgow and Dublin. And, uh, it's cool to see the people, the pockets of people around the world that the analytics come back from Facebook saying, Hey, you, you're hitting a nerve here. You're popular here. And I go, Oh, popular.
0: Yeah. you know, Freedom's
1: popular in a few places like that. So.
0: Yeah. And it's crazy with the internet, uh, taking a product or a service just taking it worldwide uh i am often just overwhelmed at how many listeners to the show we have in the uk and even like in china and uh down in australia so yeah it's, it's kind of eye-opening to see just how far you can reach people uh na- worldwide yeah it,
1: the internet's definitely opened up the crimp in the hourglass and uh you know it's gives me a lot more perspective on uh, how great the early writers uh, must have been to earn their renown because people had to either get in a a buggy or you know travel somehow differently than we can just with uh, picking up a, a mobile device and communicating that so yeah i've definitely.
0: actually uh, talked to uh, a good friend well he's become a good friend uh, just through instagram and the podcast uh, he's in the uk His name is uh, Andy McIntyre, and he's always chatting with me back and forth, and he's giving me information, and I'm giving him information. So it's great just to build relationships with people halfway around the world. I, I find that very intriguing.
1: And then have a conversation while you're smoking your cigar on your back deck. Right. And you're maybe closing off a work day, and they're starting their day and they're in another country. That's, that is terrific.
0: Yeah, it's really cool. So when will we see the release of your next book?
1: That's a tough question. Why did you ask me that? <laughs> uh,
0: well, because you know I'm sure that all your fans are asking you the same thing.
1: So it's interesting. Uh, I've, I've dedicated myself to uh, the craft and the study of self-publishing uh, over the last two years. Uh, really plugged in with Tim Grawl, who has helped more authors become best-selling authors than anyone else in the business. Uh, Also plugged into Self-Publishing School, run by Chandler Bolt. Uh, It's an excellent program. If you're an aspiring author or writer, I would definitely recommend it. Learning the different demands of genre readers. I've jumped into the pool full of sharks because the romance genre reader is the most voracious consumer of material. They read at a higher rate than any other Uh, Sci-fi, mystery, drama, thriller, horror, any of those other categories. The romance reader uh, reads at a rate of, right now, it's about 13% more than the next most popular genre, which is uh, sci-fi. Wow. Sci-fi. That's right. Sci-fi mystery is the next one. So um, knowing that they are going to be demanding, I went into it knowing I had my work cut out. Thankfully, I'm entering the market with three books already created, already produced, and just need to go through the editing and then the final pr- uh, publishing, production, post-production okay. uh, side of it. Great.
0: So, so you've we got can, some, you got some material in the bank. Yes, and we can expect some
1: uh, some easy copies coming out. It, the easy, easy copy is going to be like the first draft that's been through uh, an editing process. Um, I, in my head, just got beware of the Ides of March because March 15th I'm going to start rolling out some free e-copies of that that will be pre-production and then if we can get a a proper team on board to produce the actual physical product then by mid-april we can expect 1400 hours to be on bookshelves and in people's hands
0: oh that's awesome man so let me ask you this question that some of your fans might be wanting to know where do you draw your inspiration when you're writing
1: from a number of different places and that's a great question i simply observe I watch. I look for details. I listen to stories. I take little bits and pieces, and then I craft it around. It's like the wrapper of a cigar. Very nice. you've got them you've got the meat. You've got that 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 bulk, that core, which would be the principles and the message of what needs to be communicated. And then the dressing or the part that gives it its individual flavor is all the storytelling element around it. Now, I mentioned earlier in the call, I was a television professional wrestler for a developmental company uh, for a few years, about three years, and I have to give a lot of the credit to those that trained me, uh, because growing up a song and dance kid, I know I put myself out there now. Yeah, you I grew are up a song and dance kid. <laughs> yeah, um, I learned how to how to communicate a story with a certain with a certain direction, but in the world of television professional wrestling, it is telling a story uh, that is much more improvised then the audience often gives us credit for like, Oh, it's all fake. It's choreographed. It's this, it's that people have their opinions and they have their speculations, but professional wrestling isn't about wins and losses. Any pro wrestler from the back would tell you the guy that remembers his wins and losses is not a storyteller. Gotcha. And so taking the pacing, what I learned leading up to and building and creating context and then really, really displaying, putting out uh, conflict and then having hope spots, false finishes, all of that. It all works into the craft that I'm at. I'm still working at. Um, this last, I guess, December, I really had to dig back into 1400 hours to make sure I was prepared to send it off. And, and early on, I, I would, I would say, Hey, the first one, boy meets girl, you get the you get the idea. The Second one. Uh, the second one really sucks.
2: <laughs> and I,
3: t- to say I would say that.
1: that because it's hard to read. It's hard. It's a hard time. Uh, with, without the audience having context, the female protagonist in 1300 Hours, uh, she's a flight nurse. She's the service member. It's not GI Joe saving a damsel in distress. Gotcha. This is the female lead is the service member, and she takes our combat wounded from the battlefield to the next echelon of care. She sees the worst of the worst. She's the first one to have hands on them, moving them till... Um, I guess, the, the longer-term care uh, or surgery can be provided. Um, that's been her life from very, very early on. And then the male protagonist is a B-list celebrity athlete. He played professional baseball for a couple of games. Then he loses the wife of his youth. Rather than pursue professional baseball, he opens a physical therapy practice in Richmond, Virginia. And the two meet because he takes care of Ava's hips because she's a runner and she's she's always in pain from running. So.
0: I got gotcha. you. Yeah, um,
1: that's the that's the context of it, and I go, okay. Uh, without just completely ruining the spoiler uh, of the night, is fourteen hundred hours. Sixty percent of that is her being deployed. She's gone. Oh wow! And so you can imagine the conflicts of somebody that doesn't have context of being in a relationship with a military service member, and then the horrors that the military service member downrange may be experiencing. And then when she comes back, he's thinking, oh, she's back. Hero is welcome. No. Then he gets to see firsthand what PTS symptoms can look like, what sleeplessness is, moral trauma, survivor guilt. That's where the rubber meets the road. And so in reviewing back in December, I came to a realization that the end of 1,400 hours would have really left some people maybe going to the clinic to check themselves in because it was that, it was that bad. So I decided I would shift a little bit of the chronology from 1,500 hours into 1,400 hours. So a little bit of data sharing, if you will, and then pick it up. So I always said 1,400 hours is going to suck, but 1,500 hours.
0: sounds like a a big piece or actually a lot of moving parts to bring back together. You get it. Yeah, yeah. It sounds very interesting to me. And you're planning on doing how many books total? It's going to be five, is that correct?
1: so we're just talking the 1300 hours series 1300 through 1700 1700 hours anybody that doesn't know 24 hour time 1700 hours is five o'clock it's quitting time it's a good place to stop
0: oh very nice
1: so when so when i was mapping all this out and when i say mapping it out i mean i get a chalk block a big cardboard paper and i am storyboarding everything so i've got the entire I know what the last line of the last book is going to be. Oh wow. But I have to fill in the framework. It's like a big puzzle. So if you've ever as a child put together something like a three or five thousand piece puzzle, imagine being thirty six years old and putting together a four million piece puzzle. <laughs> because that's <laughs> that's that's what I have created for myself. And I couldn't be more excited. I gotta tell you, when I began the process and I was aware that I was on to something I would stay up until two in the morning and then I would have to tell myself, look, you've got PT at six in the morning. Put it down. Get some rack. And come back to it tomorrow. And I always walked around with the legal. And You asked me where my inspiration comes from. And many of the inspiration uh, that I got was contextual with what my brother was able to share or what I heard from other service members while I was in, what I observed, while I was, stories that I overheard. And because I'm not putting at the front of it or on the title, based on a true story,
0: it's just story. Well, I tell you what, I tell you what makes me want to read your books is the passion that you put into them. The passion of not being able to go to bed until two in the morning, get up at six, do your routine, and then go right back to it. That's not something that you know your average Joe wants to do but you're putting in the passion and the work behind it and that's impressive to me and that relays something that would interest me
1: respect I appreciate that
0: oh yeah absolutely Um, I mean when I when I see someone that passionate about it it's contagious and it makes me say wow if he's that passionate about it it's got to be something that would interest me because I'm super passionate about the whole cigar industry carry around your notebook because that's something that I do is I carry my notebook around and I mean lots of cigar smokers have great ideas for my show and so it's kind of like i get to share my passion and they get to share their passion to make something special you know what i mean
1: absolutely 100 percent.
0: and so just the passion that i have to supply uh information to other cigar enthusiasts or uh, cigar aficionados even uh, i can see that you're passionate about what you're doing so I mean that really sparks an interest in me and I'm sure lots of your fans see what you're putting out there and what you uh, you know your passion of throwing it out there together and then you know a lot of people don't know about all the work that you're doing behind the scenes because they don't really see that part so we appreciate you sharing that with us as well
1: hundred percent I figured that if I don't feel it why would anybody else So I'm not emotional and committed then I can't expect my readers to be that way. Um, when I began reading a chapter live every week on Facebook Live, the feedback that I got was, "You can't do that." When I heard your voice crack, I knew what you were doing. If you if you cry, I'm going to cry. I mean, <laughs> the comments in there. But what what I was sharing, and I and I honestly, Rob, I can't, I cannot begin sharing a specific point that touches that you know that soft spot. In me, I can't share that with somebody out loud without getting choked up in the same places. Whenever I read the chapters that have those hard-hitting moments aloud, whether I'm by myself or if I'm reading for an audience, I'm going to get choked up because that stuff
0: matters. Absolutely, um, man, and you know it's real.
1: It's very real. In fact, it was so real. Uh, just the other uh, week, I was at a Starbucks at a you know that long community table that they often have. I was at one end and a well-dressed older gentleman was in his sport coat and speaking with another woman there. And he looked down the table at me and he, he stopped what he was doing. And he says, young man, are, are you okay? And I said, Oh, oh my gosh, I, I didn't realize I was in my space. I was in my, in my spot. I was in my zone. And I looked up at him and I said, yes, sir. I'm a, I'm a novelist and my characters are really going through something right now. Oh, wow. I'm just fine. And he said, okay. I just wanted to check on you. I thought very thoughtful, very kind on his part. But I was literally I was crying in the coffee shop when I was in Alabama. The the baristas knew they were like, Mr. Doc, are you all right? Can we get you another coffee? I mean, they were (laughs) (laughs) aware. Right. Whatever I was going to put down, it was going to be heavy.
0: Oh, that's awesome, man. So before we go, give us uh, give us a good cigar pairing with either a wine or a whiskey that the listeners can take away and uh, give it a try themselves.
1: Well, okay, and now all right, now we're fun. Now we're in the in the fun zone, right? Um, so I love the Dura um, with a red wine now. I'm going to sound really dumb and fancy here at the same time. Um, been bigger on Australian wines. There's a 19 crimes uh, red. But if you can get your hands on a Shatniff to pop with the Madura, you're going to be loving life. That is, a, To me, that is a peak luxurious type pairing. Um, on any given evening, I will go for a walk down Duke of Gloucester Street, which is the main Colonial Williamsburg uh, walk. That's, you know, from one hand, at William and Mary College to the Capitol at the other end, 1.1 mile, sweet little cobblestone walk, and I will enjoy one of those 770s or an Asylum 13, and I'll have a Stillhouse Black Bourbon or, like I'm drinking neat right now, a Led Slinger's Thin Blue Line Bourbon Whiskey. A Led Slinger's produced by um, another veteran friend of mine, Vinny Vargas. Uh, Rocco, he's one of the co-stars on The Mayans MC and one of the co-creators of Lead Slingers Bourbon. You've got to check them out if you haven't checked them out. That's another better-known uh, business that I highly, highly recommend.
0: Yeah, so definitely that's my, check that one out. I hadn't heard of that uh, one, so definitely something I'm going to be looking for. Lead so Slingers, Led so Lead Slingers, Slingers
1: I like that. Um, so Lead Slingers and either an Asylum 13 or the Flathead 770s. That's a good place to be on
0: well I tell you I read an article last night that uh the quarterback for the Panthers cam Newton actually just opened up a high-end cigar club in Atlanta so if you get down that way you have to go check it out let me know what you think I saw some uh, photos of the lounge and it was pretty spectacular
1: you say cam Newton of the North carolina the Carolina panthers yeah. Well, I've got to definitely put this in the ear of uh, one of my other good barber buddies, uh, Dwayne at Fine Cuts here in Williamsburg, because he is a diehard Carolina Panthers fan. I've got a couple of gifts sitting over here next to me for him. And, uh, I, man, Atlanta is, is definitely going to be one of the hot spots that you see Doc uh, showing up and booking his uh, book signing events on his homepage at Patriot Heart Press. Uh, what Atlanta, thing? Nashville
0: yeah and i tell you atlanta has really surprised me in the cigar community because i believe uh three weeks ago we did an interview with uh rolling cigars and it's a couple of uh, brothers of the leaf that uh have a mobile cigar lounge and they have a really cool mobile lounge that they take all over they do events and then uh i've I've read so many different articles about what's going on in Atlanta in the cigar industry. And I mean, they are just killing it over there.
2: I
1: just love seeing good people win. Yeah, isn't that great? I want, yeah, send me the link. I, I don't know who that I, guy is.
0: Yeah, I definitely great. will. Uh, it's actually uh, two guys, good friends, and it's Dirk and Mozzie. I'll send you their information. When you get down to Atlanta, you got to go by and tell them I said hello. Love it. All right, man. Well, hey, we appreciate you being on the show. And I'm sure me and you're going to be in contact. Uh, Over a long period of time, I look forward to things to come for you, brother.
1: I really appreciate you. Thank you for your time. Have a great night, and
0: we'll talk soon. All right, man. Take care, brother. Okay, guys, the Cigar of the Week is going to be a special one. Uh, I just smoked mine the first time this week. It's the Andalusia Bull from LFD. I love the cigar. It was uh, definitely a medium profile, Uh, good smoke, good construction, had some red pepper, some chocolate, some leather, uh, earth tones. Anyway, it was a great cigar, and uh, the lucky winner this week is going to receive the Andalusia Bull from LFD. Now, in order to uh, win this week, uh, you need to send us an email with the answer to this question. Two weeks ago, we gave away a hat. With a sponsor's name on the hat. And it's a nonprofit uh, organization. They donate to uh, St. Jude's and the Philadelphia Children's Hospital. So if you send us an email and tell us who that sponsor was, we're gonna send you this Andalusia bull from LFD. Anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. I know we always do, and uh, if there's any questions you have, shoot us an email, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Until next week, stay smoky, my friends.